Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, what would you do for $60 million? I'll tell you what Stephen A. did. Stephen A. Smith apologized. He bent the knee to the mob uh, for essentially doing nothing, really. <laughs> That's all that bad. But uh, we'll play you the sound, and we will read you Stephen A.'s groveling apology. Uh, also, um, this one kind of under the radar, but uh, the Biden administration says they're not going to Read your text messages. If you're sending anti-vax texts to your friends, they are coming for you. You had better be careful. USA Today basketball, the, uh, you know, the latest dream team lost again. This time they lost to Australia. Uh, Their uh, first time ever, I think, they've lost two straight exhibition games. And Greg Popovich, he's not happy. Uh, we'll play you the sound from Grumpy Greg Popovich. We'll get we'll get you into all of that and more on today's Callahan podcast. Brought to you by DCU. Whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or looking to refinance the home you love, DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs. More importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles. They can make it a difficult and confusing process. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs, or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Ironhead, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. I think we need to set up. We need to set up the Stephen A. Smith story, and uh, we, there's there's something you need to know before we uh, pass judgment on Stephen A. Before we bash Stephen A. for 
out and out racism and uh, bigotry against uh, uh, Japanese players in uh, Major League Baseball. We, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to, I mean, a lot of people are doing that. Stephen A has taken a beating for what he said, but I want to set this up first. This was uh, a couple of days ago, two, three days ago, I believe uh, The Athletic reported it first. I read it in the New York Post. I will read it to you, Craig, and to our listeners. Um, the lead in Andrew Marchand's piece in the uh, New York Post is, quite frankly, Stephen A. Smith is being paid. Smith's contract is for $12 million per year, according to sources. The Post previously reported that Smith's personal salary is $8 million a year, which is correct. But he also has a $4 million per year production contract that makes his total compensation on a contract he signed in 2019, that's two years ago, $60 million for five years. Now, Stephen A. Smith, everyone knows him. They see him. He's on the show First Take with Max Kellerman. I don't watch it very often. I see clips now and then. He, occasionally he does uh, some NBA commentary. He's pretty well-known. He's, he's the face of uh, ESPN in many ways. We heard about the money he made last week when we talked about Maria Taylor, the uh, – the generic host, uh, woman, young woman, does the NBA show or does NBA stuff. She wants $8 million a year. Her contract's up in a couple of days. Uh, she wanted Stephen A. Smith money. Well, we found out subsequent, subsequently that Stephen A. Smith money is much more than we thought. And he's making much, much more than anybody at ESPN. We don't have to go back in at Maria Taylor. We'll find out soon. Her contract's up July 20th, and we'll find out if she gets paid. ESPN is offering, according to uh, Andrew Marshian, they're offering Maria Taylor $3 million a year. Obviously, ESPN is racist. They won't pay the, the, the African-American woman what she wants. But they do pay Stephen A. Smith $12 million a year. All right? Keep that in mind. You got that, Craig? $12 million a year, $60 million to spout, to spout you know, loud, obnoxious opinions in the morning with Max Kellerman. $66 million. Now, Yesterday, as we know, in one of his on one of his shows on first take, he made the uh, comments in question, the objectionable comments, saying that, uh, and we'll play it, but uh, ostensibly saying that MLB has a problem when its biggest star, who is Shohei Otani, when his biggest star can't speak English, when his biggest star requires a translator, that's a problem. Now. I knew it would be an issue with some people because it's what we do now. Anything that pertains any in any way to, to racism or identity politics is an issue. But as I tweeted, what the hell is wrong with offering that opinion? If you think it is a problem for Major League Baseball when its biggest star, this phenomenon, this incredible story, this guy who is the star of the All-Star game this week, does not speak English, and he seems like a really personable guy. I just watched an interview, as you did, with ESPN before the uh, Home Run Derby, where he even jokes around uh, in with his translator. Um, but it's not ideal. If you're Major League Baseball, it's not ideal. You would like your biggest star to do interviews, to, to speak English, to tell stories, to be a personality that people can relate to in, in the United States and, and everywhere else. But... It's it's not ideal. It's not a 
huge problem. I mean, they've had stars who don't speak English before. They've had Japanese stars and they've had Fernando Valenzuela. They have guys, Sammy Sosa, guys who pretend they can't speak English because they don't want to be bothered. But I don't think Stephen A. Smith said it was the end of the world. He just said again and then and again, we'll play it. But that opinion caused quite the stir yesterday on social media, on sports talk radio, on TV, and somebody at ESPN, somebody powerful at ESPN, within hours made Stephen A. Smith, their biggest star, bend the knee to the mob. They made him apologize. And I was... I was thinking of, you know, bashing him for that, for saying, you know, you're gutless. But at the same time, I got to be honest, <laughs> if I'm making $60 million a year and the guy says, and, and, and let, let's keep this in mind, there are people who wanted him fired. There are people who wanted him fired on social media. And maybe five years ago, you could ignore those people. But this is ESPN. This, these, this is the... Uh, the woke capital of, of the sports media. I mean, you don't work there, as we pointed out last week, unless you are woke, unless you are a hardcore progressive, unless you are part of the cancel culture, the, the, the word police, you don't work at ESPN. So his boss is one of these people who's demanded people get canceled. He's the, one of the people who got rid of all the white guys, the old white guys, got rid of Mike Golick and got rid of Kenny Mayne, got rid of these people and, you know, brought in more African-American women right out of college and is, is probably the guy who's going to pay Maria Taylor millions. Anyway, that guy says, Stephen A., I need you to apologize. And if you don't, we're going to have to let you go. My question, everybody, lots of people listening, lots of people I know are, are quick to bash Stephen A., are, are, are certainly uh, uh, questioning him today. What would you do? What would you do if your boss was paying you $60 million for, by the way, I, I, not a really tough job. You come on at whatever it is, 10 a.m. with Max Kellum, and you just start ranting, and half the time you don't even know what you're saying. You just start ranting. Mm. Stephen A. is one of those kind of guys that if a, if a point, if, if a sentence requires, you know, six words to make your point, he uses 60 words. He just gets starts talking and rambling and babbling. People like him, and they find him entertaining. And he is well compensated. If the guy paying you $60 million sits down and says, you have to apologize or you're gone. What do you do, Craig? What do you do, Ironhead? Do you sit there and say, no, nah, I'm a man of principle. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to do that. No, I would do a lot, a lot more things for that much money. <laughs> so I'll apologize if easily. Said, if he said, I need you to put, I need you to, put on these uh, handcuffs and put on these uh, leather chaps and a ball gag in your mouth and then kind of grunt your apology. Would you do that? 60 million, you said, right? Six oh, 60 million. Oh my, yeah, I'm sure I would in a second. I, 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 there are very few people I know who wouldn't do that. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I give um, um, uh, my, my sometimes friend, my old partner, Kirk Minahan, credit for this. And, you know, he's got a little nest egg. He's got family money. But he's one of those people who'd say no, and if they fired him, he'd he'd go. I mean, he he wouldn't. Uh, I mean, he's crazy, and he's in a, a a big. He's a man of principle in that regard. I really believe that he wouldn't do this. 
I probably would. I probably would say, yeah, I, sh- I didn't mean what I said. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I, you know, can I go now? Yeah. I mean, I'm more of a pragmatist. And I think Stephen A is a pragmatist. And what Stephen A did was preserve his his very well compensated ass in this case he covered his well compensated ass and i think most people out there would do the same now you want to have uh you want to have a, a, a quarrel with someone a problem with someone then have it with espn because once again they're calling out their own people for nothing i mean uh, you might not like the way Stephen a said it maybe it was too cavalier or too glib and he just said ah you can't have a star with a translator it's a legit take that is probably true. Well, I should say true because it's, it's subjective and there's no real way to measure it, but he said, it's, it's not. And okay. Let's play the initial comments. And you tell me that you tell me if you don't think there are people out there who would be fired for this, who would be, if some, I don't know who's are there. Any old white guys left at ESPN, I guess, uh, uh, my old friend, what's his name? Butcher Grass, Butcher Grass, or uh, Van Pelt, uh, the guy with the with the hair. Oh, Cal Ravitch, Cal Ravitch. Van Pelt's kind of a star, so I, he might be okay. But if you're just a guy, if you're Cal Ravitch, if you're uh, so, Tim Kirchin, but wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it become a star issue at that point, and not a, a like a racial thing? Yeah, yeah but I'm saying they, they they they've got a little pattern now where they kind of. Uh, moving on from the old white guys, the old, yep. the old guard. They're they're yep. moving on. They're, the the face rapid pace. Of the franchise has changed. Yeah. And when they get rid of someone like Mike Golick after twenty whatever years, it's like no, they don't have anybody to to uh, fight for them. It's just like okay, we're moving on. We're bringing in some, and then the the new morning show replacing Golick is, you know. Two black guys, I think Jay Williams and uh, what's his face in the middle, and then I don't know the the host is, I don't even know who the host is, but it, it's all it has nothing to do with content or quality of the show. If you ever listen, you, you'll say it's it's not it's no better. But their whole agenda is advancing identity politics, advancing you know people of color or women or you know young people who check their boxes check. All, as many boxes as possible. So they, these old white guys are disposable. And if this is Carl Ravitch, you know, maybe, maybe he's gone. We'll never know for sure. But Stephen A is not gone. They didn't really talk about firing him. They just needed him to apologize. They needed to throw a little red meat to the mob because that's, you know, that's what they do. They, they bend the knee to the mob constantly. I mean, they're, this is the outfit that gave Caitlyn Jenner the Courage Award over Pete Frades. Uh, I believe it was about nine months after Caitlyn Jenner killed someone yeah. on yeah. the highway and did nothing <laughs> courageous, nothing uh, courageous. But, you know, they honored her because that's what they do. ESPN, that's what they do these days. But let's listen to the comments from Stephen A. And two things. A, I want you, Craig, to tell me what he said that's so offensive and B tell me what would happen today. If this were again, if this were Bucci grass or Carl Ravage or just some un, uh, relatively unknown old white guy at ESPN, what would they do? But let's first listen to Stephen A. 
baseball is an international sport itself in terms of participation. But when you talk about an audience gravitating to the tube or to the ballpark to actually watch you, okay, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying in this country. And that's what I'm trying to say. You know, so so that's that's it. That's it. Mm. He he said uh, earlier later, he said something about it it harms the MLB, you know, the brand or harms MLB that they have to. Yeah, that the biggest star, and by the way, he is the biggest star by far uh, right now. And I don't care. I, I saw some of the home run derby. We can get to that. There's some good young power hitters, and there's some you know exciting young players, and you know Vlad Guerrero and Fernando Tatis, and all the. There's, there's some stars that they, they'll be showcasing tonight, which I won't be watching because the game should be in Georgia anyway. He's a guy who's doing something no one's ever seen done. He's being compared to Babe Ruth, which means no one's ever seen anyone do this. Right. A pitcher, a pitcher who's leading the majors and has 33 home runs. He's a pitcher, starting pitcher. Tonight he's going to be pitching, leading off for the National League. And when he gets yanked from pitching, he's going to stay in the game at leadoff and hit as DH. I don't know. Obviously, no one's ever done it. Uh, it's it's like watching some stud kid in Little League, you know, or some yeah. stud kid in, in, you know, junior high school who's just better than everyone else and can do everything, can play short, can play you know, DH, can pitch, can hit for power, hit for average. He can do everything. So I, I only watched last night the first inning just to watch him. And when he came up to the plate, what I saw reminded me of back in the day when McGuire and all them would come up and the whole right. – everyone all of a sudden was very focused on, you know – the, the, the field and not so much the people next to them. It's a good comparison. I think it's, he's the biggest phenomenon since Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire in 1998. I mean, mm. it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's uh, capturing the attention. It will. I mean, obviously, if he's, if he's threatening a home run record or if they're going to the playoffs, going to the World Series, whatever, if he's the MVP, the, there'll be a, it'll be a big deal in September, October, but uh, what he says is is useless. He has a translator, and again, he, he tries to joke around. Seems like a great personality. Seems like a a really likable guy. If Stephen A. just said, "This is not ideal. Having your biggest star who can't speak English is not ideal. It's much better for the game, for the sport, for for MLB." If he could sit there. And tell stories like Pete Alonso did after winning the home run derby. I mean, I, I never realized, even though it's back to back for Pete Alonso of the Mets. I mean, he was out there and he was singing and dancing. And then afterwards he was, uh, you know, bragging, I'm the greatest home run hitter in the game. And he was, he was showing a lot of personality like him or not. I mean, mm. New Yorkers probably love him. Maybe if you're a, or Yankee fan or whatever Phillies fan, you don't love him, but he's got a lot of personality. If that were, if that were, uh, Otani, that they wouldn't, they would, he'd be even bigger star. He'd be even more beloved by, by young kids. And he'd be even more, uh, do even more to help the, the ratings. Stephen A is kind of, again, kind of glib and, you know, uh, dismissive of the whole idea just said, yeah, see, that needs a translator. That's no, that's no good or something. 
But it's a legit opinion. It's a legit opinion to say the league is hamstrung when their biggest star can't speak English. Now, I tweeted about it and got a lot of reaction and people saying, yeah, well, you know, Fernando Valenzuela couldn't speak English or this guy or that. I'm like, I know. It's, it, it's happened before. It'll happen again. It just doesn't help. What the hell is wrong with saying that? Now, we'll get to the apology. We'll get to the explanation because he, later on he made an explanation. It wasn't good enough. And the ESPN made him issue an apology last night. And he said he'll get to it, talk about it more today. But what's he apologizing for? <laughs> for it's not like it's it's not racist to say it's not uh, you know, it's offensive, is it, to say that um, saying a guy using an interpreter or is is not ideal for the sport? I feel like I'm missing something because that's what, that's what I said. We said earlier, yeah. you and I were talking. So what, what are we missing here? Because maybe they're they missing inter- the yeah. level of <clears throat> the level of sensitivity yeah. at a place like ESPN, and which more than any organization anywhere uh, is, except maybe the New York Times, is controlled by the Twitter mob. That someone you know, it's like the full time job of ESPN executives to sit there, follow Twitter, and make sure that they stay on you know on the right side. They're make sure they stay with the mob. They don't want to go against the mob. They are part of the mob. Um, as we saw with, with uh, Rachel Nichols last week, she didn't do anything wrong. She obviously got embarrassed when their private conversation was le- leaked, but she complimented Maria Taylor. And then she said, you know, maybe essentially she implied that she might not get this promotion if not for their effort to, to, to uh, promote, to advance the career of, a, of an African-American woman. That's, that's where that's yeah. opinion, which happens to be true, and everybody knows it. And that's worst case scenario on what she said. Like, that's if you interpret it that way, that's the worst possible right. thing and, she and, could have said. And as I said, if, you, if they it leaked your private conversation, uh, Craig, or mine, it'd been much worse. I'd have had yeah. all kinds of swears in there. Yeah. I'd have really looked, I'd have you know, lost my job. It would have been like, he, did he really say that, that they you don't know, use that? Well, I mean, she didn't even swear, which is amazing in a private conversation. But anyway, LeBron's guy yeah, skating by on that, by the way. That's true. The yeah, LeBron guy, you know, the LeBron guy who said he's sick of BLM. Yeah. That guy's <laughs> skating by. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. He's hiding behind little Rachel Nichols, but she, you know, obviously it was uncomfortable and embarrassing uh, uh, that her private conversation was leaked, but she didn't say anything that wasn't defensible. Does anyone think it doesn't help Maria Taylor that she's an attractive young African-American? Of course it helps. As I said you know, last week, I mean, those are all factors that she's young, that she's uh, attractive uh, and that she's an African-American. I mean, not talking one or the other. I mean, again, if it were Stacey Abrams, she wouldn't be there because she's not attractive. She's African-American, but she doesn't check all the boxes that Maria Taylor does. But we talked about it, that enough last week. I want to get back to Stephen A because he issued a correction or I don't even know what you call it, a clarification um, later in the day, I believe it was a couple hours after the stuff started hitting the fan and, uh, his explanation, and I want to get it here because, uh, because it was kind of strange. It was, but I guess it was, uh, essentially what you'd expect from ESPN where Stephen A said that he, uh, let me find it. Uh, I got it on the screen for you. 
Oh, you got to, oh, good. Let me go to the screen. We talked about, I'm black. Or is this the, no, this is the apology. This was tonight. That was later on. Uh-huh. Before the apology, there was a statement about how he wouldn't, didn't mean to offend anyone. He was, you know, uh, whatever, uh, not, uh, this, you know, not uh, bigoted or racist or anything. Um, uh, let me find it here. Um, and he said, you know, I'm black. He like declares that he's black as if that's somehow. Uh, yeah, he brings that up in his apology too. Does he really? I mean, it's amazing. Like, first of all. Why do you need to say that? Why do you need to say, you know, know. I'm black. Here he is. Here it is. This was uh, 15 hours ago. So this was between the statement about Otani and the apology. Got it. He writes, amazing that folks still don't know me after all these years. If I am wrong about something, I will apologize, especially if I unintentionally offend any group of people because it's the right thing to do, period. I'm black. I would know. See you all tomorrow on first take. <laughs> what, what? I mean, first of all, did anyone was anyone unsure of that? You know, like did they take anyone by surprise that he's black? But as I, you know, respond to this, I said this this is following the rule at ESPN now. When in doubt, make it about race. Make everything about race. Uh, Stephen, I want you to know that he's black, which me, I assume is trying to mitigate the damage that his statement about Otani made to whoever, to their audience. Stephen A is a survivor. Stephen A is a very, very well compensated survivor. So in his mind, you know, this, uh, this was enough. This should have been enough. I explained. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It wasn't enough. This, I don't know how many hours later, a few hours later, this is what he comes up with. A uh, apology. Was this released on Twitter or Instagram? Where did where did we get this? Uh, it's on Twitter. It looks like some sort of okay. notes app or something. I don't know. Right. So so he comes out at last night, which I guess they're still feeling the heat, even though when you listen to Stephen A. Smith, it's really I don't I don't know how you interpret what he initially said as some kind of fireable offense. I mean, it's not it's not wrong to say. And again, he might have not taken it seriously enough. Maybe he was just speaking, spouting off the way they do on that show and said, it's not good when your biggest star doesn't speak the language. So what? So what? What, what is wrong with that? Your old point of your show is Max Kellerman could call him out. They can argue it, debate it. Uh, you're wrong. I'm right. You suck. You know, and we, and we move on. That used to be what we did on sports talk radio, what they do on shows like that. They debate issues. Sometimes they make it up. They pretend to give a damn about whatever the issue is. And other times it's a real issue. And this would have been the number one topic with anybody. Otani. Okay. He's a big star. He's like Babe Ruth. What else? He doesn't speak English. You know what? That's not ideal. If you're the Major League Baseball, that's not ideal. You want your guy to speak English. You move on. How is that so offensive to the point where even you know, otherwise um, rational people are saying he should be fired? Or if he weren't Stephen A. Smith, if he weren't a big star, he'd be fired. Um, really? 
I don't think now, so. You think? Do you think? No, I think it'd be ridiculous. But do you think Kyle Ravitch would be fired, or or, or John Bushigrass would be fired for this? I I I can't. I don't think so because nothing was really said. I think the problem might have actually just been the way he said it because Stephen A. yells a lot. So I know he does. He does say like he's not even taking it seriously. Yeah, it was on, but anyway, here's the apology. This is a hostage note. This is a guy who <laughs> doesn't feel bad at all. Doesn't think he did anything wrong. But the again, this is what I began with. Let me wrap this up with this. This is a guy who is sitting with the person who's paying him $60 million and said, okay, Stephen A., we're getting a lot of heat. You know, MLB's not happy. This guy's not happy. The sponsors, the sponsor called. They're not happy. We need you to apologize. Stephen A., what? What? Just, <laughs> that you know, was, we'll work with you. Just type up something. That was a good impression. <laughs> appear, a little, appear a little humble, and this will go away. So Stephen A. writes, or someone writes for him, let me apologize right now. As I'm watching things unfold, let me say that I never intended to offend any community, particularly the Asian community, and especially Shohei Otani himself. As an African-American, in case you forgot in the last hour that he's black, keenly aware of the damage stereotyping has done to many in this country, it should have elevated my sensitivities even more. Based on my words, I failed in that regard, and it's on me and me alone. Otani is one of the brightest stars in all of sports. He's making a difference as it pertains to inclusiveness and leadership. I should have embraced that in my comments. Instead, I screwed up in this day and age with all the violence being perpetrated against the Asian community. My comments, albeit unintentional, were clearly insensitive and regrettable. There's simply no other way to put it. I'm sincerely sorry. God, he's really bleeding out on this. Uh, again, again, I'm sorry. That's three times. And I'll happily reiterate these words more extensively tomorrow. So he'll be uh, falling on his sword again on TV today. Notice notice he didn't mention his race after talking about Asian hate crimes. That was strange. That's a good point. That's a good point. We don't <laughs> want to know who's committing all that violence. And I hate that, though. You're tying it. You're, you're linking it. So these thugs, these punks, these criminals who are beating up little old Asian ladies in the street. We see the video all the time. It is a problem. But your comment that the star of MLB, the league would be better, be easier to promote him if he spoke English, has nothing to do with people beating up little old Asian ladies, Stephen A. I mean, honestly, I understand. Again, I'd do it, too. If the guy paying me $60 million says you got to release some kind of statement, I would do it, too. But. You didn't cause that violence. You, you didn't say anything really offensive. This is the world we live in, I guess, that he wasn't sensitive and it didn't uh, wasn't inclusive enough for whoever. Uh, so the biggest star at ESPN has got to bend the knee today on TV, just like he did on Twitter last night. He's got to grovel before the mob so they can let him up. And you know what? He'll probably have to go to sensitivity training, maybe go speak to some group of Asian activists and say how bad he feels when he didn't like make, you know, make a joke, an inappropriate joke. He made a defensible observation, but we're not, we're past that. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, it amazes me. And I, I realize the world we live in. I mean, our guy, uh, John Featherston, friend of ours, he tweeted out that, you know, if I did that, I'd be in big trouble. And you know what? He's right. But that again, that doesn't mean that, 
that Stephen A. should be in trouble for this. That's what I don't get. Do people really, do they think he should be in trouble? I don't. Do they think he should be suspended? Do they think he should be fired? Um, you know, my friend Lou Merloni, who's, you know, he's a, he understands what sports talk radio is, that you have these battles and all that. Um, he writes, wait, Stephen A. Smith said what about Otani? Dude's out of touch, and if anyone else said it, they'd be canceled by now. But he's untouchable at ESPN. Now, the second half of that, I don't argue with Lou at all. That's true. I mean, if anyone else said it, again, butcher grouse, or they'd be maybe canceled. They'd certainly be in more trouble. And Stephen A. is not untouchable, but untouchable, but he is the biggest star. And he writes uh, a few minutes ago, Lou says, Otani's the face of the game, and it's awesome. And the fact he may need an interpreter doesn't change that jackass. It doesn't change the fact that he's the biggest star. But again, if you just said... It'd be easier to promote him. It'd be easier to to relate to him if he could sit there and you know tell a story like Pete Alonso did, like Trey Mancini did last night. Not a big deal, just an observation. If that's all it is, we move on. No one cares. But today, this day and age, everybody says it must be about race. So Stephen A. in his apology has to mention his race and has to mention the fact that other. Asian people are being you know, beaten up in the street and how he's contributing to that. It's insane, but this is the world we live in. And I look forward to uh, Stephen A, you know, coming to studio today on his show and taking a razor blade, slashing his wrists and, <laughs> and taking that whip thing and whipping him on the back and maybe sticking his head down into the garbage disposal, I mean, his hand down into the garbage disposal sink and just bleeding out before the world and everyone will feel better. And he will... You know, probably I'll go a month before he says something interesting again. This will be, mm. he'll come in there every day and say, well, you never know. You got to take it one game at a time. You know, these things happen. Things take time. He will, yeah. he will, they will cut his, his uh, scrotum off and he will sound like a, uh, a uh, emasculated man for at least a few weeks. Cause that's how these things work. That's I'm, what's going to happen. I'm reading the uh, the the comments underneath his apology, and everyone's more pissed at him for playing the African American card than. Oh, really? <laughs> it is kind of lame, especially in the first one. Like, I'm black. <laughs> a, we we're aware of that. B, you're really trying to trying to mitigate the damage by pointing out that you're black <laughs> in this day and age. Like, oh, so so you know you're you you're supposed to have more. I don't know, be able to relate to, to Shohei Otani. You're the biggest yeah. star on ESPN, and somehow you're going to relate to this guy that you just criticized in a way. It's a great, I'm, I'm great, sorry. It's a great point it, for this day and age, though, because it's like, yes, Stephen, we're hyper aware that you are black. <laughs> it's like, what if they had fired him? I'm telling you, what would these people oof. say, like, like Lou and other people? Would they say, good, he deserves it to get fired? I would hope not. Jesus. I mean, we're supposed, that's supposed to be a freewheeling, opinionated, you know, show where they fight and yell and scream like, you know, lots of people used to do. Well, that can't, you can't do that anymore because you might get fired for stating, I don't want to say it's a, no, stating a legitimate opinion. It's a legitimate and, opinion. Uh, I, I actually I'm just serious. don't agree with it. We, we just watched the interview. Yeah. You and I watched that interview on ESPN. You want to play a little? Tell me that this wouldn't be different if he were Pete Alonzo, full of, uh, you know, personality talking speaking in English, telling stories in English, it it wouldn't make him 
any less, any more a player. He's still the best player. He's still an amazing player. But it does make this kind of thing, this kind of promotion, this kind of outreach a little more difficult. That's all. Can we listen to the uh, ESPN? By the way, they're slobbering over him. Sure. You don't need to translate it to, to, to hear these, these, these fluffers just, just, just fawning over this guy and literally asking for his autograph. Always wanted to compete in. It's something I always wanted to do, and I was really happy to get the invitation. Now, how do you think you're going to perform tonight? Are there any nerves at all? Yeah, definitely there's some nerves, but I'm more nervous about talking to you guys because I always see you guys on TV. <laughs> You're okay, Shohei. You're okay. I'll tell, you tell you what. I love you. I got one thing. Can you sign my ball, please? Oh, my, oh, oh my God. We got Harold yeah, Reynolds. Sign my baseball. Shohei Otani. I don't even ask Pedro Martinez for an autograph. Yep. Honestly, First I think mistake. You're gonna get kicked out of here okay. for doing that. Okay, yeah. that, that that that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. We all. This guy is an attraction. We're all looking forward to watching him play. Uh, I mean, I might, I might sneak a glimpse tonight, even though I promised to boycott because the game should be in Atlanta. But Harold Reynolds, that's Harold Reynolds, right? That's yeah. a reporter. You know, he's used to play, but he's a reporter. Literally asking for an autograph on camera is embarrassing that's that's worse than what Stephen a did if you're espn you should find you should fire him or suspend him for that but uh it, it you know again he, he you could see that he's got personality you could see that uh he could that if he if he if he, you could see it holds him back if that were if, they, if we were able to talk speak and tell stories and then kids would all be even more uh uh, in awe of him. It's just a small factor. That's all. Just a small factor. And again, you know, if, if Stephen A. stuck to his guns and explained it that way, he might be okay. He said, the guy's amazing. I just think it's a thing, small thing that holds him back from being the biggest star in the world. But whatever. It's a speed. We'll, 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 we will move on. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing Otani hit leadoff and start pitching today. By the way, there's uh, plenty of guys... You talk about foreigners, foreigners coming here. There's plenty of foreigners who come here and conquer the world of sports and speak English, you know, like like uh, Luka Doncic and Giannis and guys like that. It, it has nothing to do with being foreign. It has nothing to do with being Asian, you know, and it has nothing to do with coming from another country. He's just talking about the language barrier that makes it slightly more difficult to elevate to promote this huge, huge star. But anyway, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll, we'll move on from that because we got a couple of other things to get to, including including the uh, USA Today men's basketball going down in flames, and uh, and the uh, the uh, ever ever annoying Greg Popovich losing it last night. But I want to get to this first because this kind of flew, flew under the radar. I read this yesterday. I highlighted it. I set it aside. And I wondered if there would be a big reaction to this in, in the world in general, because I'm, I'm going to bounce this off of you, Craig, and ask you how offended, alarmed, disturbed you are by it. Because this is something that uh, not enough people 
care about. None of people are outraged. Uh, it is so insane. I talked about yesterday the FBI putting out a tweet asking people to rat on their friends and family if they see some extremist behavior. Call them. You know, look and see what they're doing on the computer. See who they're hanging out with. And if you find, you know, extremist behavior, call the FBI on your family member. It's it's just something right out of the Soviet Union. It should bother everybody. Not enough people cared. Uh, again. Uh, it, the FBI is so corrupt right now. It's just so uh, the, the, the whole their whole mission now is to find, you know, MAGA people, people who are enemies of the current regime and, and bring them in and, and, and lock them up. It's it's a little scary. But this went under the radar and it's even scarier. Politico Politico has a story Politico. If you don't know, it's a website left wing, you know, friend of the regime, uh, the website run by a bunch of lefties. Anyway, it's got influence in uh, D.C. And it's got a story about, again, the messaging on vaccinations and and what they're going to, uh, uh, you know, it's the headline is potentially a death sentence. White House goes off on vaccine fear mongers. It's the only story these days in D.C. is, you know, the war on people who don't want to get vaccinated for one reason or another. It is a strange phenomenon because if you're vaccinated, I'm not sure again why you care if I'm vaccinated. It has become so important to the the, uh, the, the Biden administration and the media. Again, I repeat myself, both the Biden administration and their operatives in the media. It is the most important thing to make sure everyone's vaccinated, whether it's a 12-year-old kid or, a, you know, whatever, a, a grown-up who's got some religious objection. They want to you know, literally go door-to-door and force these people to get vaccinated. They're talking about kicking people out of the military if they won't get vaccinated, even if they've already had COVID and they've got the immunity and they don't need it. They want to insist. They want to demand people get vaccinated. And they want to stop people from sending out messages from communicating any anti-vax or anything to discourage people to get the vaccination. They want to stop them from speaking. Here's a line from the story in Politico. You ready for this, Craig? Mm -hmm. Biden allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. I don't like that at all. Did you, did you hear that? I heard it. I heard it. The, well, first of all, Biden allied groups, including the DNC. So this is a, obviously (laughs) a political organization. These are politicians and political activists looking to advance their political agenda. They're going to work with SMS carriers, which is, you know, whatever, Comcast, correct? Or is uh, Verizon? Yeah, AT&T, all that stuff. AT&T. They're going to work with those phone companies, those message carriers, to check, to monitor text messages. Not tweets. That's bad enough. Not Facebook. Not uh, Instagram. I mean, you're talking not even emails on Comcast. You're talking Text messages. Now, who's your best friend, uh, uh, Craig? Is it, you know, Blind Mike's a good friend of yours, correct? Sure. 
let's check the, can we just, you know, for public consumption, let's go over your text messages between you and, you know, your best couple, two, three best friends. Can we do that? I would rather not. <laughs> uh, the idea. And I, I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I joke around with my friends on text. We say stupid things. You know, we, we make jokes. We talk about whatever women and, you know, friends, the idea that the companies are going to monitor text messages for anti-vaxxing rhetoric is so insane that I I know Tucker Carlson talked about this in, in my defense. I had it all written down and I was texting you before Tucker even came on because it was so bizarre and so insane. How is this not the lead? And I realize that the people on most of the mainstream media support this. They support Verizon or AT&T monitoring texts, looking for people sending texts among their friends or family. So you and your friend, one of you sends, you know, the hell with these vaccines. Um, I already had COVID. I don't need this. It's, uh, you know, you know, f- remember Tuskegee or something, just some glib comment about <laughs> AT&T is going to say, is going to flag that and delete that. Do you realize what we're talking about? This That's is so bad. frightening. And I realized that Biden has a authoritarian soul. He doesn't he doesn't think there's anything wrong with, you know, crushing dissent. He likes working with Facebook and working with Google to crush out dissenting voices. That's not a big deal if you're Kamala Harris or Biden or certainly Obama. But this is so incredible. And I wish more people would be upset. I wish more people would find it offensive and certainly anti-American. We're sitting there watching Cubans uh, in the street, you know, demanding an end to this, this communist regime and demanding freedom. At the same time, uh, the mainstream media is just kind of casually mentioning that the Biden administration working with the DNC is going to be monitoring people's texts for anti-vaxxing messages. Oh, So if you send a message and it says, I don't really want to vaccinate my six-year-old child. I don't think he or she is vulnerable to this disease. I don't think it's really important. And I've read a little bit about side effects. And you say to your friend, did you get my text? And your friend says, no, I never saw it. No, never got it. And oh. you say, wow, we know what happened. And then you look at your phone and it says, text has been uh, deleted because it's uh, uh, unapproved by the regime. God, that is so scary, but whatever. It's, it's you know, maybe, maybe it's me, but that's, in this day and age, should frighten everybody. No, that would be the scariest thing that the government, like the scariest government overreach I've heard of in a while. Wouldn't that make your heart skip if you yeah. saw that in your phone yeah. and you said, picked up your phone, you clicked and you looked at your text and it says, boom, there's like a, a flag and it says, you know, warning, 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 unapproved text message. And you thought it was just between you and your friend. That's dictator shit right there. Christ. I mean, if that doesn't scare you, then you don't understand what America is all about. That is the most un-American thing I think I've seen since Obama was surveilling reporters at the Associated Press, the whole staff and the parents of a Fox News reporter trying to uh, find out, you know, who was uh, disseminating those anti-regime messages. But uh, we will keep an eye on that and we will say, be careful, folks, when you text with your friends and family. If it's, you know, not uh, approved, Biden approved, it might get flagged. You might get flagged. You might get a knock at the door. How about is that the next step? If you're texting with your friends stuff about how I'm not taking a stupid vaccine 
Is the next step a knock at the door? Say, uh, we're from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Do you mind if we come in? Oh, that is yes, scary. Yeah. And imagine, too, like you think a lot of people are getting canceled for old old uh, tweets. Imagine if they have access to their private text. How many people oh, are going to God. get Oh, God. I know. What if that starts leaking? And I, I mean, like I said last week, we're going to start seeing uh, Tucker Carlson's texts and maybe other people like Tucker. They're going to just start leaking them out and all the... The media outlets friendly to the regime will start saying, you know, let's do it. And they want to destroy Tucker. Everyone in the, you know, on that side wants to destroy Tucker. And you could destroy someone if they just made like a joke, you know, in this day and age. If they just said, oh, this is too bad that the biggest star in baseball needs an interpreter. That could get you, you know, you could destroy someone's career. It is a scary time in America. And be careful, you know. If you don't want to get flagged, don't send texts. Don't talk on the phone. You're going to have to meet somewhere. You know, like the mob, they, they will meet like in a pool to make sure someone's not wired. So they'll go to the YMCA and so I'll meet you in the pool or in the sauna because yeah. they want to make sure no one. That's how you're going to have to meet your friends. If you want to meet your friends, you know, make sure they're not wired. Make sure you're not being monitored. You're going to have to go outside somewhere like in an open field and take off all your clothes. That's how you're going to have to talk to your friends nowadays. It's a little awkward, but... You can never be too careful. All right, let's get to uh, a couple more things, including another humbling defeat for Team USA in men's basketball. But first, I want to tell you about Shea Concrete. Let me talk about Shea. They got another big job fair, July 14th. That would be tomorrow. And it's all day, all night. It's like uh, 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. at um, their Amesbury, the big Amesbury plant. That's like their headquarters. That's the place where... Uh, they got some jobs. They got some openings, and they maybe maybe it's you. Maybe you're the guy. Maybe it's time for you to make the move and go work for this company. It's a great company. It's a great job. It's a thriving field, the 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 uh, precast concrete field. That's tomorrow, July 14th. Their Amesbury headquarters all day, six to four. Go there before work. Go there after work. Maybe you'll you won't need that job you have now because you'll find a job you like better, find a better fit, a better company. But check out their job fairs. And while you're there, you know, maybe you could uh, kill two birds here. You could find out all about their precast concrete steps, whether you're building a new home or you're just thinking of fixing up your old home. Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete, or you can customize your steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove your old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com, and you can learn more about all the jobs they have tomorrow, July 14th, at their Amesbury headquarters all day. Check out their job fair. That is Shea Concrete. We all want to make sure our families are protected in a medical emergency. What many of us don't realize is that health insurance won't always cover the full amount of an emergency medical flight. Even with comprehensive coverage, you could get hit with high deductibles and co-pays. That's why an Air Medicare network membership is so important. As a member, if an emergency arises, you won't see a bill for air medical transport when flown by an AMCN provider. Best of all, a membership covers your entire household for as little as $85 a year. AMCN providers are called upon to transport more than 100,000 patients per year. This is coverage no family should be without. Now, as a listener to my show, you'll get up to a $50 e-gift card with new membership. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash jerry and use your offer code. That's 
Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y. All right, let's get to this, uh, Craig, because I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I find it amusing. I find it uh, hilarious that the United States men's basketball team has lost two straight exhibition games. These are exhibition games. Maybe the problem is they don't have the, they don't have like Devin Booker or uh, uh, Chris Middleton yet. I mean, the NBA finals are still going on, which is a little strange They take it tomorrow, today off. They don't play till tomorrow game uh, four tomorrow will be July 14th. And they're playing the fourth game of the finals. How did that happen? Didn't they have like a whole season this year without, I mean, obviously COVID was still an issue, but it wasn't totally whatever. The USA men's basketball team led by Greg Popovich and, you know, led by Damian Lillard and, and, and Kevin Durant. And I mean, just a all-star team, superstars up and down, except for Kevin Love. He's just there because he's white. That's what Jalen Rose told me. And maybe that's the problem. They have too many white guys, but they lost their exhibition game yesterday. Uh, to Australia, 91 to 83 in Las Vegas. The U.S., since you know, adding uh, the pros, are now 54 and 4 in exhibition games. They had only lost twice in the previous 56 games. They've lost twice in a row. They lost to Nigeria the other day. We talked about that uh, yesterday. They were a 30 point favorite over Nigeria and they got spanked by Nigeria. They were a 17 point favorite over Australia. And they lost last night, um, like ten, uh, by by eight points. So if you're betting on the U.S., you are getting spanked. But uh, I, I just watched the highlights, and uh, I don't know if they can turn it on, turn it off. But a lot of people want you know to go back to college players, amateurs, where they could play together and play more, you know, selflessly and practice more. But in these guys, you know, they're not used to playing together. They all want their shots. Um, but after the game, I believe, I don't know who the reporter was, asked uh, Popovich. And Popovich, as we know, uh, the media loves him. He's used to the media just fawning over him, slobbering over him. So when he gets a reporter, it gets a little, you know, a little, little uh, aggressive. Uh, Popovich doesn't like that. And he doesn't like when you disrespect the opponents, like, you know, Nigeria, the 30-point underdog Nigeria. He doesn't like that. And so some reporter talked about how they used to, in the old days, blow out teams like Nigeria or even Australia. And that set pop off. It's definitely noticeable when you're on the floor. You know, let me, oh, good. You know, let me, let me also answer that question. You know, you asked the same sort of question, the same family of question last time, uh, where you assume things that are not true. When you just mentioned, you know, blowing these teams out, that's never happened. So I don't know where you get that. So, can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish my statement? Can I can I finish my statement? When you talk, you, are you going to let me finish my statement or not? So you'll be quiet now while I talk, and then I'll listen to you. When you make statements about in the past just blowing out these other teams number one you give no respect to the other teams and i talked to you last time about the same thing we've had very close games against four or five countries in all these tournaments so the good teams do not get blown out there are certain games that might happen in one of the tournaments in the world championship the olympics where somebody gets blown out 
But in general, nobody's blowing anybody out for the good teams. So when you make a statement like that, it's like you assume that's what's going on. You know, guys like this want it both ways. You know, they want to stack the team, go to go to battle with a bunch of all stars and superstars, and then act like, oh, how dare you think that we're supposed to beat up on uh, Nigeria? You know, it's embarrassing, Popovich. Admit it. It is humiliating what they did to you. You're lucky it's only an exhibition. We'll see what happens in Tokyo. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be able to handle it. If they start getting spanked and this is, turns into a disaster, um, that uh, Popovich is going to just be just going to be such a dink. They are, uh, they are in Vegas and the game doesn't count, so... That's true. I'm going to guess they didn't have a curfew and they didn't really take it seriously. But we'll see what happens. I mean, that's two in a row. Uh, the games start like in, what, 10, day, 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the NBA Finals will be over by then. And so they'll be fully loaded. But uh, we'll see what happens. They're, uh, they're facing a little adversity now. I had a couple of things I want to get to before. Uh, but you didn't watch the Home Run Derby, right? Just the first. I thing. did. I yeah. I promised not to watch the game, so I, I rationalized that I could watch a little home run derby, and it was pretty entertaining. Al- Alonzo's amazing. He's the best home run derby guy I've ever seen. He just has this consistent pull stroke where he can just crank, you know, effortlessly. He had thirty five home runs in one one round, yeah. and he's cocky and he's loud and he's kind of obnoxious. But it was good entertainment. And it's, again, I tweeted this, it's my fault, it's my problem, but I can't watch without getting annoyed because the kids who catch the fly balls in the outfield, there's like 20 of them out there, and they, they you can tell they're most of them are bad athletes and they're stumbling around. It's probably like the, yeah. the, owner's, <laughs> the, own, the owner's grandson or some team or some big uh, company in Denver. Anyway, they're all masked up. They're like 15-year-old kids chasing fly balls in the outfield, and they're masked up. That's, that's got to be a parental <laughs> issue, right? I don't know what it is. Just so idiotic, and uh, and I don't know. I don't know when it ends. Maybe never. As we talked about earlier, the Biden regime is not going to be happy until they, you know, completely uh, get everyone vaccinated, regardless, you know, whether they need it or not. They don't care. It's just become this crusade, this mission for Fauci and for you know the, the you know Jake Tapper and Stephanopoulos and Chuck Todd and you know the New York Times and the Washington Post they all together they've coordinated this effort and they're not going to be happy until every you know 6 month old baby is vaccinated and i think it has become so political and the people making it political don't want to like they rail, rail against how it's political and you go what Fauci was railing as he always does. Now he goes on with his friends every Sunday, every Sunday morning show. He goes on CNN. He's on CNN more than Michael Avenatti was in his, in his heyday. And he talks about, I don't know how this became political. (laughs) Well, maybe when you made it political, you're the biggest political hack of them all. I mean, everything he did was designed to get Trump out and get Biden in. Now he's happy. And we all know he's a, hardcore, you know, Biden supporter, Trump hater. It's all worked out for him, but he can't stop talking about how other people are making it political. Do we have this sound of him with with um, Jake Tapper? I believe it was on Sunday. And he says he, he the last thing he sounds like in this cut is a doctor. You know, the last thing he sounds like is a public health official. He sounds like just another MSNBC, the Joy Reid type. 
Um, oh, is this the interview? Was he with Chris Hayes? I it's, thought he was a yeah, tap. Whatever. They're all the same. They're all the same. And it just goes off on people who might not want to get vaccinated, including people who are already have the immunity because they've already have COVID or people who say, I don't want my you know 12 year old to get vaccinated because my 12 year old is not susceptible to this disease, period. That's perfectly reasonable. In fact, that's not just reasonable. That's logical. That makes all the sense in the world. But Fauci can't handle it. He can't take no for Nancy. He demands that you submit or he is willing to do whatever measure it takes. Go door to door or ban you from the military or kick you out of school. Whatever it takes to get you to comply. Listen to this and tell me this guy sounds like a doctor or a public health official. It's easy to get. It's free and it's readily available. So, you know, you've got to ask, what is the problem? Get over it. Get over this political statement. Just get over it and try and save the lives of yourself and your family. Then then get over it. So someone has a reasonable objection, says, I've had COVID. I have the immunities. I'm 23 years old. I'm thin. I'm fit. I'm not going to get the disease. If I do get the disease, I'll survive fine. Get over it? That's your answer as a doctor? Get over it? I mean, didn't you have to give me more than that to convince me? Why would any parent, a vaccinated teenager at this point, it makes no sense. And yet this guy won't even hear your objections. He won't even hear your side. He just assumes, you know, you're one of those crazy Trump voters, uh, even though the percentage of uh, African-Americans in the you know inner cities is higher, unvaccinated than it is of Trump voters in the suburbs, but still they're going to blame Trump voters and blame, you know, white, white, whatever supremacists. It's just the, he is the biggest politician out there. Everything is politics with him. And yet he's scolding people who have a reasonable objection and saying, they're just doing it because of politics and saying, get over it. Imagine if you sat with your, he's your own doctor and you go in, you get your checkup and you say, you don't want your, uh, you know, whatever your tetanus shot or your vaccine for this. And you say, I don't know, doctor. I'm uh, thinking I might not need it. And he says, get over it. Just get over it. You go, what? Aren't you a doctor? Aren't you supposed to be, you know, explaining medically why I should do this as opposed to (laughs) telling me to get over it and accusing me of being a politician? This hack is, I mean, I can't believe people used to listen to him and trust him. But I don't know if you have this one, too, because it made me laugh. I think it was, uh, it was it was Gail King with, I think it might have been Fauci. And Gail King says she's going to do her part. Gail King is a fabulously wealthy friend of Oprah, friend of Meghan Markle. She's going to do her part to ostracize, to uh, marginalize people who don't want to get the vaccine. She's going to, her family members who uh, have a problem with the vaccine, she's not going to invite them to Thanksgiving. She's, that's doing her part. It is amazing. This is, uh, there was a doctor on CNN, I believe. She's this former head of Planned Parenthood. She's this crazy left-wing doctor. And she says, we have to make life difficult for people who don't want the vaccine. We have to force them to get tested twice a week. We have to force them to wear masks when no one else wears masks. We have to, whatever, keep them, kick them out of school, kick them out of the military, whatever. We have to make their life difficult. It's not Let's convince them that they need this, even though they've had COVID, even though they're not vulnerable, whatever. It's let's ruin their lives. That's the point that these 
medical professionals have reached. They want to ruin the lives of people who don't see the world the way they do. That, again, that, that should make everyone a little un, unnerved here, a little queasy, the idea that these people are going to try to ruin your life. First, they're going to read your tech messages, then they're going to ruin your life. That's uh, the way things are in America. In Cuba, they're marching in the streets, waving American flags. In America, you know, we're throwing American flags to the ground and snooping on people's text messages to find out if they're going against the current administration. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a little disturbed by that, uh, uh, Craig, uh, but uh, I will uh, leave it there. Anything else? What did I miss, Craig? I know you're, uh, you're uh, all over the uh, important news of the day, like uh, Steve Austin's uh, uh, podcast. Is he back live yet or what? I have no idea. I haven't. I haven't. Oh, come on. You got to take care of these things for me because uh, Steve Austin and I, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, fighting that same fight. The same uh, person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of his listeners like you will come over to listen to us until Steve Austin returns live yeah. on Podcast One, whenever that is. Um, the headline for that article you were talking about, by the way, is Gail King won't allow unvaxxed relatives at her Thanksgiving table. <laughs> I mean, if you're one of her relatives, one year's live, say, I don't get the vaccine, so you don't have to go. <laughs> I do that, like, almost throughout my entire day. Is Yeah, um, yeah I, got, I, got, I got it. <laughs> You know, you know what? I think she's lying here because I think she's the type of person that doesn't even want her family over. She wants Oprah to come over. You know, she right. wants, you know, Ellen DeGeneres to come over or, uh, you know, whatever, some other uh, Tom Hanks and his wife to come over on Thanksgiving. She doesn't want her family. You know, what does family doesn't do anything for her to uh, elevate her social life? She wants Meghan, Prince, the prince and the princess to come over with their little... Duke or whatever their kid is going to be. I don't even know what he's going to be, but she doesn't want to hang out with her family. And I mean, again, explain this to are you. Uh, you know, I, I won't even ask. It's none of my business. But let's just pretend you're vaccinated, Craig. I'm not. Okay, you're not. Um, if I'm vaccinated and I come over your house, what are you afraid of? Theoretically, you should be fine, and so should I. <laughs> I mean, but if you're not and I am then we're okay. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I like that swimmer. And I, my new favorite Olympic athlete, Michael Andrew, I believe his name is you American swimmer. And he proudly stood up before the media and said, I'm not vaccinated. I don't need to be, I'm young. I'm fit. I'm good. Yeah. And they were like, oh, and hope, you know, looking for the Stasi, the secret police to come in and escort him away and hold him down and give him the jab. <laughs> but he's, the picture of health. He's an Olympic swimmer. He's in his 20s. He's fit. He's one of the most fit people on the planet. And he says, I don't need no unattested vaccine. I'm good. And people are like, oh, my God. He might as well. To them, that's worse than burning the flag. You know, might as, you know, burn the flag at the Olympic stand. You know, like that transgender BMX rider. You know, that's okay. But stand up before the world and say, I don't want the vaccine. That is scary. That is that is like un unbelievable. But we'll see. There'll be more people like that. More people like the like Michael Andrew, the swimmer, who I'll be rooting for. I'm going to watch and root for yeah. him. He's he's got balls to stand up, not just say it's none of your business, but to stand up and say, I am uh, I'm not vaccinated and I'm not getting vaccinated. So what are you going to do about it? Some people probably wanted to wear the mask in the pool. Wouldn't that be something if they make them wear a mask? Have you not seen spot? that? Like some people actually yeah. have been doing yes. that. It's, yes, there's a couple of good funny pictures on the uh, of people swimming with a mask on, and uh, 
and I, I was out yesterday running, walking, and most people aren't masked. I've given people this update for a year and a half, and it was at some point it was 95% masked up, people alone, walking their dog, riding their bike. It is 98% unmasked now, and the people with masks who are, like, running, walking, biking, they look like idiots. You look like idiots. And I, I've yet to do this, but someone gave me an idea. Like, when you see someone that, with a mask on out in public, you say, you know what? You should really get vaccinated. Yeah, no shit. They'll go, oh, but I am vaccinated. Oh, that Well, be then the you're worst. an idiot. I mean, you're vaccinated and you're wearing a mask? Yeah. If they say, you know, if they say I'm vulnerable, I have a disease, I have a immune compromise, you say, oh, I'm sorry, that's okay, go on your way. But if they are saying they're vaccinated and they're still wearing a mask, then you kind of make them feel silly. And we should. We should do what they used to do to us, point the people who wear masks and shame them. We should be doing the opposite. We should be shaming people who are afraid to go outside without a ma- with without a mask, even though vaccinated. Those people are insane. But mm. Anyway, we'll keep us updated. Let me know how difficult your life gets. I want to know. You're going to be monitored now. You're going to be looking at your text messages. They're going to be following your social media to see if you're disseminating any anti-vaxxing, anti-vax rhetoric. And if you are, Craig, I'm sorry. I'm calling FBI. I'm going to rat you out. Well, that's, that's just the way it's done. That's what's going to happen. They're going to come to your door. You're not vaccinated. Then they're going to get pissed that you don't want it. Then they're going to spy on you. Then they're just going to force you. It's fucking Well, there's a terrible. great video. I think it's Argentina or somewhere down there, Bolivia, somewhere in South America, where they're going door to door vaccinating people. And a guy runs away and he runs up on his roof and someone video and they literally chase him. And there's like three or four of the, you know, vaccine you know cops hold him down, give him the jab. They're doing that in other countries. If anyone thinks that Biden, the Biden people, the Fauci crowd is not seriously floating that, considering that, saying we, we should go to door to door, hold people down. Fauci would be all for it. Are you kidding me? He'd be all for it. He'd be all for jailing dissidents, vaccine dissidents. He's a tyrant, as we know by now. And most of the uh, blue state governors would be all for it, too. So be a lot of dead think- FBI agents if they tried pulling that shit. Don't think it's not going to happen. I mean, some you're right. Some places it'll be, it'll be. I mean, if they did it in Cambridge, not only would the public officials support it, but the people would be ratting out their neighbors. I think there's a guy who's unvaccinated. They're doing right. the heart in some of these uh, real deep blue states and deep blue communities. They'll be doing it. We'll keep an eye on that. I promise you, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And be careful texting people. Be careful because. Someone's watching. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's, uh, so I don't know who in the minute, I think it's Hunter Biden's job. He's going to monitor everyone's texts. And if you text something he doesn't like, they're coming to your door. But we will leave it there. Keep us, keep us updated. I'm going to follow this, uh, uh, follow you, Craig, because uh, you are uh, just admitted on this show that you're unvaccinated. You might as well admit you're, you know, a Russian agent. It's going to get ugly. Uh, but let us know. We will leave it there. For today, thank you, Craig, and thanks to uh, DCU and Allied Paving and uh, Shea Concrete. Uh, Thanks for everyone for listening and uh, watching and uh, following. We really appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night!
And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week, as long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on. But that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! From 30 for 30 podcast and the undefeated, the life and legacy of South L.A. rapper Nipsey Hussle. I'm Justin Tinsley, senior reporter for the undefeated. In this four episode series, I explore the shared experiences of life as a black man in America with Nipsey's brotherhood of NBA players. Life is a marathon. You got to keep it going. Hustle and motivate. If that ain't like the ethos of being an elite athlete, I don't know what is. This is the King of Crenshaw. Listen now, wherever you get your podcast. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service. Without all the drama.